It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. All right, whenever you guys are ready. Okay, so if I say something stupid here, we can stop, right? Yeah, but that's going to be my introduction. Right okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be on the blooper reel. <laughs> I think. Drunk history. Yeah. Yeah. Drunk history. I love that show. My favorite. I love that show. Welcome to Right Lane, a podcast at the Tampa Bay Times. Each week, Times reporter Lane DeGregory discusses her stories and answers your questions. The focus is on craft. My name is Maria Carrillo, and I'm the enterprise editor at the Times. Today's topic words and music. So I've become a great believer in the idea that journalists can and should find inspiration from other kinds of storytelling, especially songwriting. But early on, I didn't connect the two as closely as I do now. It sounds like you've always felt inspired by music, that it's always sort of fueled your your writing. So talk a little bit about that. And how did that happen? I mean, I really did music growing up, while I was growing up, and a lot of the stuff my mother would put on would be um, musicals. So I kind of got used to the idea of telling stories in song, and I could remember them. I had like a really great faculty for remembering lyrics. I, I couldn't always remember the, the music part of it, but I could remember lyrics, and especially the lyrics that told a story. I could see it in my head as it unfolded, you know? So I think I, I, the very first thing I remember ever writing was a song, and it was about going to the circus. And we were going to the circus for the first time, and I wrote the song that I could still sing, but I won't. But, it, you know, that kind of led to write <laughs> stories. Um, and I was writing little stories when I was like six or seven years old, but they always kind of go hand in hand with me, you know, listening, listening to narrative sto- songs. Um, I was much more into that. Uh, especially even as a little kid, those are the kind of songs I was drawn to. And I grew up in, you know, 70s light rock, so there were a ton of story songs out there um, on the radio. And did you did you read your stories out loud even as a kid? I mean, did you did you did you have an ear for the words? Were you thinking that? I mean, was it that much of a connection or? No, I I, I think because you know I wrote mostly news stories and right. I was writing two or three stories a day a lot of times, so I was just trying to get it on paper and not get it. Wrong. But you were a fan of story songs. You were a fan of just like those. You were drawn to them. Totally, but I never heard my news stories or my information imparting stories as a song type thing. I think you were the first editor that ever read my stories back to me out loud, and I realized what a difference it made when you could actually hear the cadence and the rhythm and the repetition and, you know, the inflection and stuff and then how that made it. It's such a different experience than reading your stories on a computer or on a printout. Well, and uh, that, yeah, I, there's, I'm, that's what I'm getting at, too. Like, I think I think from, I don't know about now, maybe kids today coming into the business, you know, they, they focus more on craft and they think more about it. I know going through journalism school, we never talked about rhythm and pacing and, you know, um, it, it just wasn't, that was not a focus. The focus was on the reporting. It, it wasn't even on the writing at all. Um, but then, information. yeah, it was gathering the information and yeah, putting it together, but not necessarily putting it together in a way that was at all lyrical or it was going to, you know, draw people in or that you were, you were doing an arc and there was, you know, there were going to be these moments in this 
piece that we're going to capture, you know, what a song does. So um, Lane recently did a shout out on Facebook with uh, her top 20, uh, what she calls story songs, and then asked for other suggestions and they just came pouring in. So we're going to talk some about uh, the ones that she put on there. And you, you, you mentioned me and Bobby McGee. Busted flat in Baton Rouge Heading for the trains So it was at the top of your list. So you, is that because you remember it when it came out and you were just so caught up in the song? And why? I, I think it's the first song that I I remember it, it seemed so simple to me, but it was such a, a perfect narrative, and you could see the characters, and you know, Chris Christopherson wrote it, but then I was a giant Olivia Newton-John fan, and there's a Olivia Newton-John version of it that I loved. Oh and my God, there's an Olivia Newton-John version? <laughs> so, like, listening to Bobby McGee being a the idea with Chris Christopherson's song, it's a woman, yeah. and Olivia Newton-John sings it all of a sudden, it's a man. So you switch these sort of these viewpoints. But there's, you know, there's great little metaphors in there. The the whole chorus of freedom is just another word for nothing left to lose. When I was 13, 14, being oppressed at home in my own little middle school mind, that was like the best mantra ever. Like, freedom, nothing left to lose, okay. And then the, the windshield wiper slept in time, like you've got rhythm and you've got sound and you've got visual all in one place there you know feeling nearly as faded as my jeans i love that little simple metaphor like it spoke to my 13 year old self the same way it speaks to my 50 year old self you know it's it's a very 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 simple song but it, it gets you from baton rouge to new orleans after the west coast and you follow the the courtship of this couple and it just i don't know it's like a hobo song you know but it felt perfect to me in terms of the, the tone and the storytelling. And it is, and it's got that perfect, I mean, what every narrative needs. It needs to deliver some message at the end. You're t- you're going on this ride, why? T- t- you learn a lesson, you get a payoff, and the payoff, and I actually looked this up about Chris Christopherson talking about this song, and he said that, that feeling that he had at the end, the double-edged sword of, of freedom. You know, yes, everybody wants freedom, you grow up wanting freedom, you want to get away, and all of that, but at the end, then yeah, you're free to make this choice, and it's painful. I, I mean, life is full of choices, and you have the freedom to make these choices, and, and yet it's not exactly everything you thought it would be. And it's happy and sad at the same yeah. time. You know what I mean? It's, it's also very empowering in in sense of, like, I think everybody's thought about running away at a certain time, you know, especially with your right. other. Right. It's a stranger. <laughs> Ode to Billy Joe. Was it third of June, another sleepy, dusty, delta day? I was out. I think is a great. I mean, I, that to me is like one of the best story songs. Um, that one came up on my Facebook a lot. That was one of the most yeah. I remember listening to this as a little kid and, and never really understanding that, oh my God, they dropped something off the bridge. Could that be the baby? You know, right. that didn't come until I was much older that I got that whole notion of, oh, there's a whole backstory there that nobody told. But you don't have to tell that backstory. You know, it's right. totally rooted in the present of, of mama wanting you to come eat dinner, you know, and they go by 
apple pie, eating an apple pie, and come on, you're not eating very much. And it's, so it's like a, a total universal family, Southern family, especially. It's like a Flannery O'Connor story, you know? Right. Like the Southern family, come on in and be, eat your biscuits, and, and there's this whole other drama going around. And you're treating only, it so cavalierly, yeah. Yeah, and not even just in, around the table, but the whole town is affected by mm-hmm. it. You know, you can tell that they brought it out to this lot, much broader context, you know, and uh, again, there's such, there's such specifics there, the Choctaw Ridge, the Tallahatchie Bridge, that you were rooted in the sense of place, but it could actually be any family around the dinner table, like trying to avoid the unthinkable. And and not really knowing what's going on with their teenage daughter, or, you know, like, um, it's funny. So I looked up and Bobby Gentry, who wrote the song, says, um, she said, everybody seems so concerned with what was thrown off the bridge than they are the thoughtlessness of the people expressed in the song. So to, to the songwriter, it wasn't really about what was thrown off the bridge, you know. Yeah. And of course, I think most people think it was their baby or, you know, um, but she said it was uh, the song is a study in unconscious cruelty. I know, right? Like, but yeah, it, it it's it's so well done, and I mean, and again, when we talk about what you learn from from music and, and really from lyrics, um, how, look how much stuff she gets across here. I mean, so much dynamics of, like you're saying, the family dynamic, the southern dynamic. Um, you know, they're talking about somebody dying while they're passing the you know the black eyed peas. <laughs> Yeah, and mom's more concerned, like, I spent all day cooking, eat my damn dinner, than she is that her daughter's over there grieving or whatever. And doesn't notice. You know, how does she not notice that her daughter's over there just like, you know, that was her boyfriend. That was, you know. Um, the brother gets married and moves on, you know, so you have this whole, like, the rest of the world's progressing in a certain yeah. way. And I, I, I think it's haunting, too, the way she sings it. I just love the pacing of the yeah. way she delivers it. Um. This song, like a lot of great ones, has been recorded by different artists, and they bring different sensibilities to it. And and Lane and I talked about on a future podcast, maybe using that to talk about voice, you know, and what different people bring to a certain, the same lyric in that case. Um, But here, we just wanted to stick to the inspiration of of these, what songs do for you, what story songs can do for you. So um, one of the other ones that's on Lane's list is actually one of Tom French's favorites. And Tom was a former Times reporter who's now a professor at Indiana University and loves Eleanor Rigby. Eleanor Rigby picks up the rice in a church where a wedding has been. And this is uh, one of the most efficient story songs ever. Eleanor's life is actually told in 38 words. And the priest gets 35. <laughs> well, that's one thing I love about this. You get that kind of, like, dual perspective. You know, you, you get this kind of, like, anonymous, obviously poor old lady who's, like, isolated by herself. And the priest comes in, and they meet at the church door, but they're not really connecting. They're in their own little very isolated words, you know. I, I, the details of her keeping her face in a jar by the door. I think that's one of the best lines ever. And then the old priest darning his socks in the night when there's nobody there. Those, right. those images are so... You can just get a snapshot of that in your head completely clearly, and it's one of those, like, all the lonely people. Like, everybody right. invisible in their own little worlds behind their own little doors. But it's... The fact that, that, that he's illuminating these characters... And acknowledging that the rest of the world doesn't see them or know them or acknowledge right. them. Right. Which is like, those telling details, right? And, you know, what exactly you say and how do you how do you put that together? 
And yeah, that line where he's darning his socks in the night when nobody's there. I mean, like, and of course, thematically, it's about loneliness and, you know, how many people, so many people in the world, and yet there are people like this who don't find each other and, you know, go about their lives. And the fact that it's at a church, too, I think right. the backdrop of that is so interesting because... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. That's where you're supposed to come for solace and family and hope and then they could not be more cold. I mean she's picking up the rice after a church. Right. At a wedding. Someone else's wedding and she's picking up the rice. Like that's huge uh, telling detail right there. Of course it's not always just the lyrics. Um I think songs help you understand pacing and rhythm and repetition and how that should play into your writing, right? So I was asking you earlier if you, you listen to music before you write or do you listen to music when you write? I almost always listen to music before I write, but I cannot listen to music when I write. I'm too many words in your head. <laughs> even, even like jazz or like, you know, in classical, like instrumental stuff, I get too distracted. Like, I need my head to be a very blank slate. <laughs> when I start to write, I want, I want nothing else in there but my, my own thoughts and words. And, you know, a lot of what I'm trying to do is not only hear the words, but envision the scene that I'm painting. And so I, I, I can't have other people's so when you listen though before you write what do you what do you do you try to find a story that you think kind of evokes the mood of what you're writing or is there something what do you what else or are you looking for something else yeah sometimes I, if it's something that, that like when I, we talked at the uh, previous podcast about the dying man i was writing about he had given the photographer and i a cd of all his favorite like jazz songs so i could get in ted's world and in ted's head by playing the cd for a few minutes before i started to write um but there's also just songs i listen to usually bob dylan is one of my go-tos but steve earl is one of my go-tos are these people who uh, john prime you do not get more simple and better clean cut storytelling than john prime and so if i can listen to even just the opening Verse of some of those songs, I'll just run through a few different beginnings and, and try to inspire myself. So even like yeah, so you're and you try this for this like a simplicity and spareness in your writing. So you're looking for that too, and in, in, in having that inspiration from songs. Absolutely, yeah, progressive rock without its multiple layers does not help me. I need something very like sparse. <laughs> okay, so Elaine and I started talking about this topic recently, and now Copacabana has been running through our heads. But that was one that is on your list, and it was like you know one of Barry Manilow's classics. Her name was. Lola, 
she was a showgirl with yellow feathers in her hair and her dress cut down to there. She would merengue and do the cha-cha while she tried to be a star. Tony always tended bar. And then you go right to Tony. You know, you like, it leads one character to the other and you can picture these people. Even as an 11-year-old who'd never been into a bar or seen a dancing girl, I knew what that world looked like. Mm-hmm. You know, thanks, Barry <laughs> <laughs> And really, like you said, like in, in such a short period of time, he gives you a visual. Right. Like he and that's another lesson. Right. Which which songs do which great writers should do is is they make it visual. I mean, you 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 go from the words and it becomes a scene in your head. And when you have multiple characters, I think this is from Odyssey. I remember there was a line about Athena with her gray eyes glinting. And every time Athena would come up, you wouldn't necessarily remember who Athena was with all the millions of other gods and goddesses. But, oh, she had gray eyes that were glinting. And that's kind of like a yellow feather in her hair. You, You don't need to know what color her hair was or whether she was pretty or how old she was or whatever. You can picture a woman with a yellow feather in her hair and a dress cut down to there. It's like a sparse tagline almost. And that's the trick, isn't it? Like leaving the stuff in your notebook? Because I I think you come back with all that detail and yeah, what's the most meaningful thing? Yeah, if you said, you know, her name was Lola Fernandez, and she was 27 years old, and she ridden the bus from New Orleans up to this. You know, you'd be like, okay, whatever. You and you could see that. a newspaper story written like yeah. that. Lola Fernandez, 27. Uh, yeah. She just embarked from the Greyhound yesterday and made her first appearance. You know, you don't need all that to right. care about that person. And sometimes less is more. You know, sometimes if you just say it's a drag queen, then you can put whatever picture of a drag queen you have in your own mind on that person instead mm-hmm. of giving you the physical description and put you know, anchoring that person in a certain description or space of time. Um, So one of the ones you picked was uh, Cats in the Cradle by Harry Chapin. A child arrived just the other day He came to the world in the usual way But there were planes to catch and bills to pay he learned to walk while a Which I remember as a kid, of course, not having the context when you're a child about a life at going by like this, but it made me sad even then. <laughs> like, it, it felt, I, I knew that that was what life is, but, and, and, and like, right? Didn't you feel that way when you were a kid? When I was 10 years old and heard that song, and I cry even more now when I hear that song. I can't get through that song without crying. Oh, yeah, now. <laughs> Harry Chapin came up a lot on that Facebook. Yes, he did. A lot of Harry Chapin songs. Because he, that's were. all he did. Yeah, You're right. The 70s were, were a great time for folk singers. And, Light rock. Yes. Yeah, baby. But yeah, no, Cats in the Cradle, you know, and I, I think the, um, the echo that he's able to yes, do exactly. is incredibly powerful. And I've tried that in some of my stories before. Like, you set something up at the beginning that's really poignant, and by the end it's turned around on its head, but you remember that echo, you know. Right, and trying to drive, and it means different things at different points. So when he, when he's, when his son is a young man, he wants him to, you know, be like him, and then he grows. <laughs> I remember that part. That, the part that always got me, especially when I was younger, was that he comes home from college and all he wants, see you later. Can I have the car key? Right. You know, and damn, if I wasn't like that when I came home from college, and damn, if my kids aren't like that when they come home from college, it's so it hit the head, nail on the head, so perfectly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, days so, days so long, years so fast, huh? Um, fast car by Tracy Chapman, another folk singer, really. Yeah, and fast car came out a little bit later in my life. I think I was in college the first time yeah. I that song, so it wasn't like one I grew up with. You know, it was a podcast in my life, but I remember hearing that on the radio. I want to 
a ticket to anywhere Maybe we make a deal Maybe together we can get somewhere Any place is better the, the notion of like flying away in somebody else's car Like she's been working at a convenience store Trying to save a little bit of money And it's kind of like the big yellow taxi thing song You know, like right. you have an escape over there But is it really an escape? I mean, that's all you got to hope for is this escape And Tracy Chapman's voice is so haunting And the music in that is so sparse That the lyrics just take over you know? Right I think my husband is a musician And I know a lot of these songs He's not really drawn to Because the music is so simple It's like <laughs> a composer song It's like But the, the lyrics and the story Are what's profound You know And a lot of times The, the music is just a, a rhythm track In the background Are those the ones that stand out to you? Just the the, the ones that really the, the, Yeah, it's more about the lyrics Yeah, absolutely huh. And it's funny Because we'll listen to songs together and like I can remember all the lyrics and not the tune and Dan will remember all the tune and none of the lyrics so I think people come to songs you know music in different ways taking different things away from it and Fast Car does what some of these other songs do too. Is you know you go through the you go through the song, the story basically, and you know she's anticipating getting out and trying to encourage getting out. And by the end, it's like you know you get out of my life because you know we're not going anywhere, um, and I'd rather be without you, right? Well, yeah. The, the turning point is when I think she says, "I got a job that pays all our bills." Okay, honey. <laughs> Danger. Car is not going to do it. Um. I, you know, I looked up some of what Tracy Chapman says, and she says, um, I mean, I, you know, again, it's sort of getting back to what musicians and journalists, the, the echo in, in, in some of what we do. She says, there's a power in words. There's a power in being able to explain and describe and articulate what you know and feel and believe about the world and about yourself. I mean, I'm sure you feel the same way. Well, and a lot of these songs, too, when you think about it, they're you know, as journalists, we're taught, like, interview as many people as you can. Find as many perspectives as possible. Make sure you get all the angles on it. Almost all of these songs are told from a single perspective. I mean, mm-hmm. Eleanor Rigby switches back and forth, but it's one person at a time. And so you're very grounded in, in being that character. Right. You know, not having other people tell you about it or react to it. Well, and, and, and quite honestly, a lot of the times it's that char- it, it might be the span of that character's life. Or it could be even generationally, like, like Chapin and Cats in the Cradle where you're like you're telling who knows you're going a big long time frame but you're doing it really efficiently right. which you is what is always impressive pools, right right, right. Um, and I, I I think that's the I that's really tough to emulate I think since we stri- I mean really to try to tell stories as as in a compressed a fashion as you can and as powerfully as you can because well, I think a lot of times as journalists too, we think we have to tell everything. We have right. to give everything context. We have to give everything to the other side. We have to give the big what it means. And you don't. You know, you can. Mm-hmm. You can and, and I think readers like it sometimes when you let them infer things or you let them fill in the blanks and you don't hit them over the head with everything they need to know. You let them walk away and think about it for a minute or mm-hmm. put their own perspective onto it. You know, which is what I, I've assumed the best. Um, the best songwriters do too. I mean, they're they're trying to to make a point, and then they're trying to just pick what they think is important to know. And they know they've got two, three minutes to get it done. Right. There's all going to be right, and there's always a refrain, and so and that's going to take up some of your space. So what do you you know? Well, I, I think about that a lot because some of the really good narrative songs have kind of stupid refrains, but in each one of them, I, I feel like 
that's the takeaway they want you to have. You know, whether it's, you know, freedom is just another word for nothing left to lose or all the lonely people, where do they all come from? It resonates and it almost is like when you and I are talking about what's the theme of the story, you kind of have to find that and let the readers have that early on enough that they know they're going to hang all these other pieces on that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the chorus does in some of these songs. Okay, next. <laughs> it is the nut graph. Uh, next week, we're going to talk some more about some of our favorite story songs and uh, some of the lessons we learned from lyricists. Uh, if you have a question for Lane about any of her stories or you want to fair- share your favorite song, I'll stumble through that again. If you have a question for Lane or about any of her stories or want to share your favorite song, please email it to writelane at tampabay.com. That's W-R-I-T-E-L-A-N-E at tampabay.com. And join us next week, Wednesday morning, for the next episode. This podcast was produced by Denise Keenan. Music was composed and performed by Dan DeGregory. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.